With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Try to be best, cause you're only a man, and a man's got to learn to take it. Try to believe, though the going gets rough, that you gotta hang tough to make it. Welcome back to part two of our best of 2022 part one. We chronicled all the greatest movies that came out last year, five honorable mentions and 10 of the best. And we settled that the number one best movie of the year was everything everywhere all at once. And now we're moving on going from movies. We're switching gears here. We're going to be talking about top five disappointments of 2022 movie wise, top five most anticipated movies of 2023 and the top five best TV shows of 2022. Joining me once again for part two is Chris DeFreitas. Welcome back, brother. Glad to be back, buddy. All right. So let's start off. We'll leave the anticipated movies for the very end. And I, I want to go right into TV instead of continuing on with the movie conversation. So yeah, yeah, let's switch it up. Yeah. Right. Going right into the TV world. I've got five TV shows. I'm just going to throw at you yeah. that were my honorable mentions. So okay. movies I just want to mention real quick. Um, season four of The Orville with Seth MacFarlane, which was on Disney Plus for Canadian viewers. Yeah. Um, I did not watch the pre previous three seasons of this show. I watched all three in the summer and then season four came out and season four was fantastic storytelling. Um, what I wish Star Trek was still like these days. Um, but okay. Strange New Worlds is like that with the new Star Trek shows. But it so cool. Um, the Boys season three was amazing. Herogasm being a highlight and obviously being able to see Billy Butcher with some superpowers. Yep. And then the addition of Jensen Ackles as Soldier Boy was fantastic. Um, the murder mystery show, The After Party with Tiffany Haddish, that Sam Richardson. I like that one a lot, actually. I was surprised that that was show did not get picked up more in the awards season for the Emmys and the Golden Globes. It felt like it was released in January, so everybody forgot about it by the end of the year. But I didn't. That movie was fantastic. And my favorite episode, I think, was the action comedy episode with Ike Barinholtz. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that episode. He's treating it like yeah. a Fast and Furious movie. Yeah, um, yeah. Ike Barinholtz remains one of my favorite comedic actors working today. Um, moving along, Reacher with Alan Richson. Um, I loved the first Jack Reacher film with Tom Cruise. The second one, I couldn't care for it. I was very forgettable. But the show fantastic he's in margay margay margrave oh my god georgia and he's just wanders into this town just wants to get a nice slice of pie and then he gets roped into this murder mystery that involves his dead brother on fact reacher is filmed right here in toronto you know how many freaking locations i recognized because of that yeah oh my god they even filmed there's this one spot i would go canoeing at 
uh, like this little river that's actually pretty close to uh, yeah, kind of in the middle of the, of Toronto and Woodstock. And it's weird because I'm watching the show and then I see them at this river and I'm like, no fucking way. No way. Couldn't believe that I go there all the time to canoe and they were they were they filmed there. It was very cool to see a lot of a lot of locations, even when he goes to New York for one episode. And you're like, oh, that's just downtown Toronto. I recognize that area, bitch. Yeah, I know they we we provide a lot of their equipment, uh, like mainly their camera for they whites. film in season they also, two there, right? Yeah, and they also fil- they filmed on our back lot, which is in Pickering. It's like a huge oh, that's awesome. It's like a huge uh like a small town that you could turn into like any period town. It's like this giant like stage basically, and you can it has a gas station, police station, like a saloon, and then you can like kind of retrofit everything to make it look like if you want to make it look like a certain period. That is amazing. Cool. You get to yeah. work right where they filmed Reacher. Oh, my God. And are they're still filming Reacher season two, if I'm not mistaken, right now. Have you met yeah. Alan Richson? No, no. But I they did a camera test. I don't know if he was there, but it was in, in the White's building. I just brought all the equipment over for them. And then they were in the next couple of days just doing camera tests in uh, like a kind of like a secluded part of the building. Uh, it used to be wow. like a, like a yoga studio or something like that or a gym before. But now it's just like an empty space. Uh, but yeah, it's pretty cool. Their code, fun, fun fact: their code name for Reacher is Chimp. <laughs> chimp, that's great. Yeah. Anytime a chimp thing comes up, we know it's for Reacher. <laughs> I, I can't wait for season two. Season one was such a nice surprise. So, I, I from what I'm hearing is that season two is going to premiere um, closer to summertime this year, as opposed to the February release of season one last year. So yeah, they're still they're in they're still film they were filming it before and I think they're still filming it now. Yeah, I think they're supposed to be wrapping up um in February or March, I believe. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. I can't wait. I, I, I want more, I want more Reacher. I'm it's I'm gonna be disappointed because we're only gonna get eight more episodes. Um mm-hmm. I'd be surprised if it's 10 though, and I would definitely want it to be 10 because that show is so good and I'm so enthralled with everything about it. Like you get those classic one-liners because that's one thing I liked about the Tom Cruise movies is like in the one scene in the Tom Cruise movie, one of my favorite quotes ever in a film because I just love it. makes me laugh every time is when Tom Cruise is talking to, uh, I think it's like a bouncer at a bar and he's the guy's like, I need to see some ID. And Tom Cruise is like, well, how about you? How would you like to see the inside of an ambulance? (laughs) Like, what the fuck? I need to see something. Yeah, I'll put the inside of an ambulance. Like, fucking amazing line. I love that shit. I love that fucking movie. So I was going into this thinking this is going to be hopefully just as good. I love Alan Richson, especially because he played Thad in Blue Mountain State mm-hmm. um, and Raphael in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies, but those aren't that important. I, I, I was going into this really excited, and I was very happy that it, it lived up to my expectations. But my last nice. honorable mention, Peacemaker with John Cena, James Gunn created, directed it, wrote the thing. Uh, amazing show. John Cena killed it. The best thing the DCEU has done was the Suicide Squad and Peacemaker. So I'm glad that James Gunn got the keys to the DC Kingdom after knocking it out of the park two yeah. times in a row. So that's it. Well deserved by James. Those are my those are my honorable mentions. I don't know if you had any, but I did I want do. to just I have I just have two honorable mentions. Okay. Um so one of my honorable mentions is um, I mean, well, both of them, both of these shows have been on for some time, um, but I just kind of wanted to shed some light on them because like I, one of them I just got into this year. I literally just finished it like last week, 
um, but it's um, it's the uh, the Wu Tang Clan show called Wu Tang and American Saga, and it's all about Wu Tang Clan's um, rise from living on Staten Island to becoming the the enterprise they are today, and it really shows it from like you know the beginning of them you know dealing drugs in the streets to try and get money to to pay for studio time and how they all weren't friends from the get-go they were enemies and it's kind of about how Riza brings them all together through music and it's an honor it's 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 a great show like when they when they do the performances of of like you know their classic songs from like the first album enter the 36 chambers of of like protect your neck which is probably their most popular song and they kind of like recreate it uh, when they perform it live on a stage and it's just extremely well shot um the the second season definitely gets a bit bolder within in in its direction in in in, in its in its in its, in its uh, cinematography as well um they do some pretty bold things and i feel like it really shines in the in the in the second season they kind of do tidbits of it in the first one but it's just kind of like a really kind of like rags to riches story in the beginning in the first season but mm-hmm. if you stick to it and if you like wu-tang clan and you like New York hip hop? I would highly recommend Wu Tang and American Saga. It's on Disney Plus. Disney Both Plus? seasons. Wow. Both. Yeah, Wu Tang. Yeah, the Wu Tang Clan show is on Disney Plus. Believe it or not. That is insane. Okay, that definitely adding that to my list. Holy shit! Yeah, it's dope. If you like Wu Tang, I highly recommend it. It's 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 a really cool story, and um and and they're all really good. Like some of them, they don't really look like all of them, but when they rap they are pretty much spot on to each of the rappers. Like the guy who plays Ghostface doesn't really look like him, but he does sound a lot like him when he raps. And same with RZA. Like he look doesn't really look like RZA at all, but when he raps, he sounds almost identical. And it's, 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 it's good. Guy who plays old dirty bastard is always, is a, a great act. He's kill He kills it. So fun. Probably the most fun character on the show. Um, yeah. That's all I got to say. It's just solid show. Oh, and this is why we do these types of lists because I wasn't even on my radar. Now it yeah. is. And I'm yeah, now putting that on my watch list for Disney. So that is super cool. 20 episodes. I'm looking at it right now. So Yeah, 10 a season. Yeah, yeah. All right. I'll definitely be getting into that. Maybe not tonight, but maybe tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Whenever. Man. Um, and then my other show, I've been watching this for a while. Um, the third season dropped last year. Okay. Um, I was highly anticipated. It's probably my my favorite um probably my favorite sci-fi drama show on TV right now. And it's been out for quite some time. I think it came out just the, before the pandemic came out, but it's called for all mankind on Apple TV plus. Okay. Um, and Joel, I'm, I'm Joel ma- Kinnaman, right? Joel Kinnaman. So the guy who wrote the two thousands version of Battlestar Galactica, uh, Roger D Moore, he uh, made this show. Um, and basically, it takes place in an alternate timeline. So it basically pegs the question, uh, what if the Soviets landed on the moon before the Americans did? It's really interesting how technology changes uh, with that fact. Like, so, you know, they start ramping up. They're like, all right, we got to get to the moon first now. And then they get to the moon second, right? 
So when mm-hmm. they get to the moon, they're like, all right, now we have to establish a base. And then what do the Soviets do? They put a woman, the first woman on the moon. So then the Americans are like, all right, we got to put a woman now on the moon because we got to catch up to them. So then they have all these women trying to be astronauts. And then it kind of propels women in the workforce a lot further, especially in in uh, in, in high profile positions, you know, mm-hmm. and and it's and just technology kind of just moves forward throughout each series each season takes place a, a significant amount of time apart like it's usually like 10 or 15 years apart from one another oh, so technology wow. is fully advancing by the time you're in season three it's the 90s and everyone has a smartphone holy shit yeah uh so it's 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 really interesting just how uh, it does that it's um in in, in how it shows how scary space is too they do a really good job they do uh like 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 kind of like what gravity did in in the in the in you know how like gravity was like it would be dead silence yeah and it would just be shit just breaking apart like the 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 cgi and special effects on this show is just very very well done very high high caliber show uh it's 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 really well acted joel kinnaman is great um his wife chantel van santen is really good. She's also in the boys. Um, uh, she, uh, there's also, oh my God, there's so many other people, but I can't even remember them right now, but honestly, really good, uh, high concept sci-fi show. And it's, 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 it's really interesting. Uh, Cause then once they get the women on the moon, then they're trying to figure out who gets the first base on the moon. So then it's just kind of a war between the, the Soviets and um and uh, and the Americans on establishing a base on the moon and mining it, and it, it it's it's really good. And then by the third season, they're they're in a race to who can get to Mars first. And what's really fun about it is that they're they're literally in a race like neck and neck with each other, flying to Mars <laughs> on who can get there first. And and um and then it's really shocking uh, when you find out who ends up actually getting there first. And it's kind of a curveball, and it's really well done. Yeah. Ooh, for that show to never be of never have been on my radar. It's on Apple TV Plus. I have Apple TV Plus, so I'm definitely watching. I know a big sucker for sci-fi because this year I got into this. What wasn't released in 2022, but it was the best show I watched this year. The Expanse on Amazon Prime. Dude, I fucking love that shit. Dude, that's what this show is. It it reminds me a lot of The Expanse. I love The Expanse. I watched the the, the first season. Yeah, I watched the first season. I uh, I was waiting for like. I think the last season just came out on Prime, so I think I'm just gonna like rewatch it all in in order and mm-hmm. just kind of go back to it because I hadn't because it was kind of hard to watch for a while because it wasn't on Prime for a while and then it came and then Prime bought it I think yeah now it's now it's on Prime all the it time it was it was canceled after three seasons on Sci-Fi and then they bought yeah. it and then Amazon Prime made four five and six and then they canceled it even though the the creators like how geez apparently they had like three more books they still needed to do. So there were still yeah. three more seasons on the table, but they they ended it anyways. Yeah, but That's they ended it in a way. In yes, I okay. I realized that because there were certain people I know popping up in the show. Like there's this one guy that I, I I've seen countless times at Sirius XM, and then I'm watching an episode. And I'm like, holy fucking god! I've seen this. I've met this fucking guy. <laughs> and then I looked it up, and it's like, oh yeah, it's filmed in Toronto. Holy shit! Yeah. Uh, also, it's not that hard to tell either because. I also recognize the um, the main building that they have the UN in in the expanse is literally uh, Roy Thompson Hall in Toronto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> very easy to recognize. But okay, besides all that, because that's not even a show that was released last year, but it was a really good show. 
Really recommend everybody checking out The Expanse and For All Mankind. Yep. All right. So get in the top five. Top five. Hit me with your five. All right. Should, should we just go I, me five, you five? Kind of like how we did the movies? Yeah. Like you want to just, yep, one at a time. Yep. Yeah. All right. So uh, my number five top TV um, was a show um, that was kind of brought upon me uh, after watching Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Uh, as I said in the last one, I said um, there's one actress who I thought was really good, which was uh, Mahila Harold uh, from Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. She plays the friend that ended up getting the gun. Mm-hmm. Um, I I really liked her performance, and then uh, I was looking up at, like what else she was in. I thought that this might have been the first thing she was in, but it said she was also in this show that is in my top five, and it's called Industry. It's on HBO. Um, there's two seasons of it. One season came out. Uh, the year previous, I think in 2021, and then season two just dropped last year, like around, I think around the time Bodies, Bodies, Bodies came out is when season two dropped. And I haven't um, I haven't finished the second season yet. I think I'm like an episode or two away. Um, but I finished the whole first season and half of the second one. And man, um, it's a really good show. I don't know if you've uh, it's basically about uh, these these like young millennials that are trying to work in uh, like uh, in um, in finance like as uh, as like stock traders basically they work mm-hmm. for like a firm that trades and sells stocks right um, and like I don't know much about stock trading but um, you don't really like learn that much you just it's just it's mainly about people and what they're willing to do for success if money is if, if if success to them is money and how far they're willing to go kind of thing and it's a really interesting show it takes place in london in the uk mm-hmm. and it's it kind of follows the character of uh, i forget her name in the show but mahila Harold, like the actress it follows her she plays an american um uh that is brought over uh to work for this company very high profile company in london and um it's just kind of about her making relationships with the people she works with it's kind of like i don't know if you ever watched the show skins you ever watch skins didn't watch skins it's a uk show as well about um teenagers uh in england it was basically euphoria uh that it basically was euphoria but it came out like 15 years ago (laughs) Ah, the British euphoria, eh? Yeah, it's the British euphoria, basically. Um, and this show is is exactly that. It's it's it's. I would say it's very similar to. It's not similar in filmmaking aspect to Euphoria, but in the drama of it all, it's very similar. It's you know just about all these people's relationships with each other, and kind of their secrets as well, and it's it's just a really well-made show and it's very well-written kind of reminds me um, kind of gives you like succession vibes, but then you realize it's kind of its own thing. And um, yeah, it's really good. I highly recommend it. Industry. Okay. And I have Crave, so I'll be able to watch that. Um, Surprise. So many, I'm man, like I said already, but I'm so glad we're doing this because now I got so many more TV shows I can watch and I'm looking for a new one because I've been rewatching my number five, uh, I watched the new season that was released this year. They're on season four. Uh, it's also filmed in Toronto. 
And it's the only thing I've been watching for the last two weeks. Like I literally rewatched it and rewatched it again because I didn't want to. I was like, I don't know what else to watch right now. Yeah. yeah. So what we do in the shadows. Oh, nice. My number five yeah. best best show of the year. Um, It's on season four. <laughs> um, Season four and season three were like really when they got into stride on that show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ten episodes a season. Um, But season three is when things start getting really good. And season four, the storyline that they have in it is so good for one of the characters and just just to give you a brief oversight of what it is if you've never heard of it is these four vampires living together on staten island and they've all been alive for centuries and it's a mockumentary kind of like the office and it's based on a film that taika watiti and jermaine clement made back in geez that movie was released 10 more than 10 years ago it's also based on a short film they did 10 years before that so this Show brilliant has like movie. a lot, a lot brilliant of history. Movie. Oh, brilliant movie! Great show. I watched the first season. It's a great yeah. show. Um, in the show, the best character on the show is played by renowned British actor Matt Barry, who is hilarious in whatever he does, whether it be Toast of London or a quick cameo in various other American TV shows you might have seen him in. But he kills it here. He plays a vampire known as Laszlo Cravensworth. Um, he's joined by. Kayvon Novak, who plays Nandor, Natasia Demetrio playing Nadia. I hope I pronounced that correctly. And then Harvey Guion, who plays Guillermo de la Cruz, who is a descendant of a Van Helsing. And Harvey plays the familiar, Nandor's familiar. And the person that steals the show that's not Matt Barry is Mark Proch, who plays Colin Robinson. And that's probably a lot of mispronunciations I did with names there. But yes, that guy's the best, man. He's like from the office and shit, right? That he's guy, right? so funny. He's the yeah, ball guy. Yeah. He plays an energy vampire, which is different from Nadia, Laszlo, and Nandor, who are just traditional vampires. Whereas Colin Robinson can go out during the day. He doesn't have to worry about the sun. He can sleep at night. But what he does instead of sucking out blood is he just bores you to death. <laughs> and it's so funny. They give him so many good moments. But in season three, the shocker was that they killed him off. And he was oh. being brought back as a baby. Oh, shit. Spoiler for fucking Chris here. No, it's so, okay. <laughs> they bring him back as a baby in season four. So okay. they have Colin's head on this baby body. Oh, my God. That's and then he, he ages up to uh, an adolescent boy. And he becomes this, <laughs> this oh my novelty act with Colin's head on this 10-year-old boy's body. <laughs> and he, he performs at Nadja's Vampire Nightclub as the singing act and it is so good it's so funny laszlo plays his pseudo father um so does harvey guillermo i should say plays the pseudo father as well um the best episode of season four is season four episode five it's called private school and it's actually written by somebody that's going to pop up later on in my top five tv show list Mm -hmm. she wrote this episode about the vampires trying to decide what they're going to do with colin robinson because He's running around with a hammer, putting holes in walls, and they need to find a way for him to burn energy. And so they are going to enlist him in a private school and they get a guest star on the show. uh, Sean, he plays a recurring character. And then they bring in the guest star of the the um, the dean of the school. And the whole episode is just them sitting in this room trying to convince them to let Colin get enrolled. And the way they go about it is it's kind of like Groundhog Day. They keep hypnotizing Sean and the dean. So every time they snap their fingers, their heads go down and then they deliberate like they talk to each other about what to do next. Like, oh, who's the father? We, we, we never we never planned any of this. So anytime they weren't prepared for a question, they would hypnotize them, freeze time and then talk among themselves and then come back with their answer. 
And it was so funny because they end up like hypnotizing them both like 400 times by the end. And they change who the parents are like 50 different times. It goes from like Guillermo and Laszlo to Laszlo and Nadja to Laszlo and Nandor to Nandor and Nadja. Like they just keep, they even bring on Sal Volcano from the Impractical Jokers to come in and play the dad at one point. Like it's so good. And the best bit in the episode is Nandor because they're, they're trying to, they're trying to be perfect. That's the whole concept of the episode is, is the, what it takes to be perfect. And Nandor's storyline is he keeps going up to this gin he found in a lamp and he he's getting plastic surgery done to himself. So he asks for his his skin to be smoother, his eye bags to go away. And the more the, the further the episode goes, <laughs> the more plastic surgery he does to his face. So he's completely unrecognizable by the end of the episode. Jeez. And it's it just gets so it gets so funny. <laughs> funnier and funnier with every time he like changes his face and it's so good. And that's why it's summer 5. It's the best comedy on TV right now. Um nice. And Matt Berry kills it. That's my number five. Kind of a All long right. tangent there, but no, number right. four, Chris. Number four. My number four is a is a property we all we all know, and we're f- extremely disappointed by it with the end of it. And I think we all know what I'm going to say here. Uh, oh, I know. What was, we're was house is House of the Dragon. Yep. Um, man, what a surprise! Uh, this show was. I was surprised. I was surprised how much I really liked it. Um, who would have thought that, you know, a series take taking place a hundred years before Game of Thrones would be as interesting as it is, especially even with like the time jumps. There's there's quite a few time jumps in the mm-hmm. show, but I feel like they make it work, and I feel like the the performances didn't deter, especially from the from it from changing from you know uh the two different actresses um them being uh Rhaenyra and um and uh and uh Allison's character um I thought Olivia Cook was the, was the stronger Allison especially by the time mm-hmm. we get to yep. the second half of the season um she was incredible wow um I've always really liked Olivia Cook she's a great actress um but man she really really shows her her uh her range in this show and her her emotion you know and um i was really worried with uh with rainier's character changing because i really liked uh millie alcock as uh as rainiera yeah and i thought she was great and i was like man i'm like well, now we have to switch to a different person i'm like all right and then and then and then emma darcy comes out who is just as much a force in nature as millie alcock was as younger rainiera and just in her her love for her children um and yeah it's just a a phenomenal show patty constantine wow that guy oh um, what a performance as viserys targaryen dude incredible wow Um, A, a, a tragedy somebody that you could tell was just trying to do his best and it just was never working out it was just all these people are always undermining him and but it was so it, it's so heartbreaking to watch it is. this guy who gets he's he was the perfect ruler for Westeros and yet he just never got to yeah. especially because I like, got the you respect. Don't, yeah, it's because like you don't like when you're introduced to him, he's kind of a dick and he's like, All right, I'm gonna kill my wife because I want my son. Mm-hmm. You know? It's and that then, pressures of being on the throne that end up yeah. sort of clouding him at times. Yeah, and then and then you kind of 
and then you kind of feel sorry for him later on and then and then he does have a son but even but he already you know he has too much faith in Rhaenyra you know that he's not going back on his word like but the rest of the realm wants him to and Mm -hmm. it's just great it's just great being back in the world of Game of Thrones and not only that but it's just really nice to be I I love how all the dragons kind of have their own personality and they all you know they're all like you 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 can't tell you you can tell the difference between them all because they all have their own color and they're all just Mm -hmm. flying around and I love how like we're in a world where like people are just like oh yeah there's just a dragon flying around whereas like you know when we watch Game of Thrones they're like whoa what the hell is that you know and like now in in this in the the hundred years prior and it's not even that much it's just like like a generation or two aside you know and yeah I just thought it was it's a very well acted show and it's in I enjoyed watching it and it really brought me back and honestly house of the dragon won the war in in fantasy in fantasy uh over the summer for me because mm-hmm. I, I i still haven't even finished the lord of the Rings show i only watched the first couple episodes but i still haven't finished the rings of power just because i don't know i just really enjoyed house of the dragon more uh what a fantastic point that you bring up there because i couldn't agree more with you um, two two points actually that you made. One being the goodwill that House of the Dragons brings back to the world of Game of Thrones. Yeah. Because now everyone was obsessed with it again. Everybody wanted to watch Game of Thrones again. Everybody wanted to talk to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And it was so nice to have that fanfare back, where every week became appointment viewing, and then you'd be on social yeah. media, and everyone was talking about it. It's like yeah. Game of Thrones never back ended. The old, brought back the old water cooler talk. Mm-hmm. You know. Like I was talking about it with like multiple people at work every week, you know, Monday and Tuesday, it would just be literally talking about House of the Dragon and kind mm-hmm. of our theories of where it was going to go in the next episode. And it was just, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was awesome. One of my favorite things of the year was trying to guess which episode Viserys was going to die in because it just dude. felt like he was going to die every episode. <laughs> like, there's so many times like oh he's dead he's dead then it's like yeah, he's, he's somehow done. alive he's like he's he looks like a skeleton and it's like he's alive and it's like yeah. Jesus at the Christ. end he basically is this walking corpse yeah oh my god and he looks just so rough hole in his face but dude, hair's he, gone but when he comes in uh to uh defend his daughter and her children uh in yeah. that scene where the, the dude's head gets chopped off that was oh. the most i i i didn't love viserys any I, I i couldn't have loved him any more in that moment than that was the turning point for me where i was like this guy's fucking awesome this guy yep. is unreal as this character he's killing it right now and one of yeah. the better performances in tv this year was uh patty considine i think I yeah, said that he, right. yeah patty considine yeah he killed it he killed it at that in that episode that really flipped the script in my mind um, yeah. on him. And um, and another point I wanted to make about it was um, I loved the, uh, oh my God, I forget his name, but he's like the big, big dragon, Vigor or something like that. The yeah, really yeah. big dragon, the last big dragon. The one Westeros. that... Yeah, the one that the the kid gets, the fucking asshole yeah. kid that looks like yeah, a, a way, yeah, yeah, a way fucking worse version of Matt Smith. Yeah. <laughs> So I think it was in the last episode, in the last episode, um, I think they, 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 they freaking nailed it on the, the, the sheer size of that dragon, Mm -hmm. because my, like, it's ingrained in my mind, but that shot of when, uh, Rhaenyra's son lands in with his little dragon 
during the rainy storm in Storm's yep. End and how ball bossed is Storm's End look. Like we haven't got to oh, see yeah. the actual wide shot of Storm's End. I think we've only like been in like the courtyard for it in Game of Thrones, but we actually got to see what Storm's End looks like from the outside. What a baller ass looking place. Holy crap. Um but yeah that shot of the dragon as the thunder cracks and the big dragon just lifts its head up and it's like not a castle. It's a dragon and you're like holy shit. That oh, thing yeah. is enormous. And then when it flies above him before mm-hmm. it kills him, that like it looked like it looked like an air raid bomb from like the 1940s. Like that was that was it was beautiful. It was awesome. I love that it. that that shot that you're talking about the the small dragon, Rhaenyra's son on his small dragon, and then on top yeah. of him is the big like dragon God. flying yeah, it above. Like, it's so good. Yeah, they did it like Godzilla. You know, like they just played it out perfectly. You know, like like it was it was awesome. It was awesome. Oh. Uh, I wanted to say this. I said I said you had two good points there. The second point I wanted to bring up was the fact mm-hmm. that Lord of the Rings was such a disappointment. Yeah, I, I mean, couldn't get into it. It felt like I needed to same. do homework before I watched every episode, yeah, and I didn't like that. Same man, same man. Like it was. I mean, they. I watched. I think it was the first two episodes that came out. I think the first episode did a really good job of laying out, uh, laying it out. You know, yeah, the season the stories, work. yeah, yeah, like it laid out the whole thing, and then and then we kind of get into the story, you know, like I like, I kind of genuinely like that first episode, how it laid it all out. But then as the story kind of went on, I was just, I don't know, like it kind of lost me. Like I thought the Wood Elf guys were cool, but I don't know, like they were, they were also trapped in in this thing, and then then you have the whole side story with the mother and the Wood Elf, and then the kid who also has like a sword who might be possessed or something. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what's going on in the show. I can't even remember. I mean, I'm going to finish it because, I mean, it's Lord of the Rings. And yeah. I hear it does get better towards the end. Mm-hmm. So, and I like, I really like Galadriel, but I feel like in some of the episodes, she kind of is like, lot, like she's, I don't know. I feel, I feel like she's like misused in a few episodes, but I don't know. I got to finish it because I only made it to episode four and then I quit because I was like, I, Same. Can't, I can't do Same. this. I can't That's how this. far I got. I got to go. Okay. You know what? This is what we'll do. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll finish it. And then and then we'll come back and talk about it and we'll be okay. like, and we'll see how maybe because I hear it I hear by the the last episode, it does redeem itself. Mm. I hear, I hear episode lot six is the season is the episode sorry episode six is the is the episode you need to watch. I hear that's the best episode yeah. of the season. Everyone I've everyone I've talked to about it they always go that, that you just got to get to that episode, man. You just got to get to that episode. And you'll like all it. Right, I'm like, all right, all right, but why do I have to make it six episodes into the show? Yeah, that's a lot. Or it's of good, episodes. man. Like that's yeah, too much. That's, it, yeah, that's a lot. The rule is you gotta like you watch three episodes. If they don't capture you in three, you don't watch anymore. Exactly. Uh, moving on though, number four yep. for me, and I'll keep it short and sweet because it was a show in its final season, and it is of course Better Call Saul. Ooh, don't, what an amazing don't, final season! Don't don't spoil it for me because I haven't watched it yet. Okay, so I will keep it short and sweet. Um, so I haven't I haven't even watched, I think five. I've only watched up to four. But yeah. So I'll tell this. I'll give the background on this because you said you didn't watch five and six. So I got COVID in the summer, really bad, and I decided I had the week off of work. I was just dying, and I knew I was behind on Better Call Saul season six was out, um, and there was the the week. The next week was going to be the final episode airing on TV. So I was like, I got to watch all this stuff before the final episode comes out. So I binge watched all of season five on Netflix. And then I watched all of season six online. And it was wonderful. 
a beautiful yeah. end that recontextualizes the yeah. entirety of Breaking Bad. I know. And shows know. you the best character in that entire universe was always Saul Goodman, Jimmy McGill. I know. That's why I know I've heard it is an incredible way to end it. And it ends kind of the whole saga of 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 breaking bad and Saul, you know and mm-hmm. i know I'm, I'm i'm excited to watch it i've been waiting for season six to come out on netflix because i just kind of want and i want an easy access to it it should be any any month now it should it should be released on yeah. netflix we'll, we'll, yeah. like i think they usually release them in like february february or march it's always near the end of the year beginning yeah, of the year jeez yeah because it came out last year around february or march and usually they'll because I remember when season six came on last year, uh, season five came on Netflix. Yeah. And I was like, should I watch season five? And I'm like, but then I'm going to want to watch. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to wait and then just finish it all at once. Yeah. It, and, you know, that's what I did literally, but uh, accidentally. Like, I didn't think yeah, I was yeah. going to get COVID. I just ended up doing it. But it was the best way to, to watch those two seasons was just it's the way that Vince Gilligan and Peter Gould write that show. It is the perfect binge show ever, um, but yet also watching it week to week works. But the binge that you get from watching Breaking Bad, but or Better Call Saul, it's it's so perfectly well, it's so perfectly paced, it's incredibly yeah. well written, and it makes um, you want it. it. Makes you want it. Yes, and everyone's performances. Um, one thing about season six, though, that broke my heart was how they flipped how I perceived a certain character in my mind. Because I always thought Howard Hamlin was a dick. I always thought Howard Hamlin sucks. I don't like Howard Hamlin. But then you realize in season five and season six that he's just a person that's trying his best. He goes to therapy and he's just trying his best. He's trying to be a friend to Jimmy. Cool. But Jimmy okay. won't let him. Yeah, and then yeah. you, you realize that in season five and six, you realize that Howard, he's done some bad things. He's not a perfect person, but he is a guy that I think he means well. I think mm-hmm. he was always a person that had respect for Jimmy and had respect for Kim, but it just never came across like that to either of those people. And no, what because they, in, the, in those seasons, he just seems kind of like a businessman, you know? Yeah. What they do so to him cool. in season six is, I can't spoil it, but it, it was, it's magnificent and it's heartbreaking. Can't That's wait. all I'll say. And uh, moving on to three then. All right. My number three TV show of the year is The Rehearsal by Nathan oh, Fielder. Oh, nice. Um, what what a time uh, <laughs> to what, be alive <laughs> what a time this show was um <laughs> one thing i love about nathan fielder is is um how cringy he is you know yeah he's so cringe but man this show i i remember watching the trailer for this show and i was like what the fuck is this guy doing I had no idea what it was about. And then you watch the show and you're like, what is going on right now? Like, like from the very first episode of them, like basically it, it, it looks like they're kidnapping a child in the beginning. (laughs) And then, and, and like, I remember watching the first episode and we're like, what the hell? I'm like, are they kidnapping children? I'm like, what is happening in this show? And then it kind of expands on the idea of, you know, um, not, not having all the time to prepare uh, for life events. And he, he gives these people an opportunity to prepare uh, to rehearse these life events till they get it perfect. But, you know, 
he because that's how he that's how he does things he rehearses until he hits them perfectly and that's how that's how he lives his life but not everybody can live their life like that that's mm-hmm. kind of what he kind of brings to the table like hey what if i brought this to everybody and they can they can do what i do and and see where they fail or where they can succeed and where they can succeed and it's not always it's not always going to be successful no matter how many times you rehearse it and 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 you and and, and other things uh other things happen other like like moral that quandaries you, and a lot yeah, of more, ethical things that yeah but yeah yeah exactly moral quandaries that you can't rehearse you know like when mm-hmm. the when the when the kid calls him dad like yeah that was dude that was crazy that was i was like oh my god and then and then the mother comes out and she's like yeah like his dad's his dad ran like left him you know when he was a baby and i'm just like oh my god this fucking poor kid man he thinks he's fucking he thinks he's his actual dad because he had so much fun mm-hmm. i'm like that is oh that was that, that was one of the 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 most tragic things i've probably ever watched in my life yeah just because it was real and, and you could see it in that kid's face you could see it like he really he really he really loved him you know like he really loved spending time with him and that's because like he someone wouldn't spend time with him and and um yeah that that shit made me cry man that was fucking I I got into a conversation with someone about that show because they had never heard of it. And I said, oh, my God, you need you need to check this out. And I told them everything that happened. I told them everything that happens in the show because they were so against watching it. I was like, "Okay, then I'll just tell you everything that happens. And (laughs) I got to the end of it and they just looked at me, took a second and then just said, what kind of fucking shit do you watch, dude? (laughs) And I was like, that's the best review that show could get is it's it. There's no way you could predict what what goes on in that show. No, it's so but, outlandish. It's so out yeah. there. Like it's, it's so I, good. I, I didn't think it would get there because, like you know, it's just him doing crazy shit. Like like when he when he when he when he embodies the the, the actor of another person in his acting class, and then he has someone <laughs> portray him, giving him advice <laughs> on how to portray someone else. Like that whole <laughs> acting school bit was fucking beautiful that was that was that was magic that was that was the funniest shit i've ever seen in my life where he just has all these people acting ordinary jobs (laughs) like (laughs) he's like yeah this is how you make a subway sandwich or whatever like this is how you this is is what someone looks like working at chipotle like 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 what like oh my god bro he's he's nuts man but i love him i love him he's so goddamn funny oh my god but he's you know it's good for people to see that too because it kind of shows like what 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 people are really like you know Mm -hmm. i i I, probably the best reality show that's out there yeah for real for sure probably yeah, my favorite reality show ever. Like uh, even Nathan for you, and Nathan for you is so good. And he, so and good. he made the rehearsal like to come out of Nathan for you, and yeah. do and what you it. did there. Yeah, top exactly. It. Take crazy. it to a whole nother level. Yeah, a crazy like a, an insane level. But man, yeah, yeah. The rehearsal, my number three, great show. I didn't even keep it. It wasn't even in my top ten of the year. But like just oh, talking about to. it again, it it was. It is a show that deserves. All the love that it got and all I, and like the I, talking I, about it. Dude, I talked about 
that sh- like I, a lot of people in my work didn't watch it but this one other guy i know at work watched it and we could not stop talking about it like we like every week i would like wait for him to come and then we i'd be like did you watch it and he'd be like yeah i'm like all right let's i'm like we got to get into this i'm like what did you th-? like what did you think we spent like 15 minutes talking while at work <laughs> just to, just to be like holy crap that was crazy like like where where is this going (laughs) like like we like we were fully convinced that it would just like end abruptly and like there would be no (laughs) there would be no no resolution yeah no resolution (laughs) it would just end abruptly because i'm like i feel like he's he would do this he would 100 percent do this i was shocked when like because i thought every episode was going to be different and for from episode two onward it's like he just stays with that family for the rest of the show. <laughs> uh, like you get the acting class bits and a few other things here and there. The, the one guy that backs out of doing it, of course, yeah. but he like that ends up being the overarching storyline is what's going on with that mother who wants like, the, sorry, the woman that wants to be a mom. Yeah. And, and then, then him and becoming then him. a dad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know. But that's what's so interesting is that like, you know, he's like, yeah, we can rehearse for this. And then it was kind of cool because he kind of, found himself in his own kind of experiment like yeah. like paradox you know like where he's like he's like oh mm. shit like like uh like oh shit like maybe i want to know what it's like to be a dad and i can do this with this person instead you know instead of trying to find some i could do it with this person i'll just ask them and then and then he just does it and he and you know he didn't rehearse that like he didn't he didn't see that far ahead it just kind of something that happened and he, he had it he was able to do it in that moment you know yeah that's amazing. That was a great show. Um, but moving along yeah. to number, number three. three. Number three of mine was my number one show in 2021, which Ooh. was The White Lotus. Hey. Uh, the second season uh, came out this year, and Phenomenal. I loved, fucking yeah. loved the yeah. first season of The White Lotus. Armand, played by Murray Bartlett, yeah. was the best character of last year. His yeah. the since the whole show is pretty much from, from his perspective in the first season, well, not just from his perspective, but he was like the main character in this ensemble cast that that was one thing I was going into season two thinking, how are they going to like, how is it going to be without Armand? Like, I just loved watching Murray Bartlett in that show that I was thinking oh, season two might let me down a bit. We'll see like a whole different cast of characters, except for the returning character of Tanya played by Jennifer Coolidge and Greg played by, played by John Grease. And it was just as good, if like just as good as the first good. season. Yeah, like, dude, it was it was just different, you know. Like it was. Um, we went to know, Sicily, it was, it was... Italy this time, and instead of Hawaii, yeah. I I liked, I like I loved. It's always so layered that show. They 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 make sure to, like, okay, this was one detail that I didn't even notice, but in episode three, the family, the Italian family, who's there to find their Sicilian roots, um, yeah. F. Murray Abraham. Michael Imperioli and Adam DeMarco. Yeah. Christopher they, from The Sopranos and his family. Yes, yes. Better way to put it. Christopher and his, Christopher from The Sopranos and his family. They go find the Sicilian roots, but they go find this Godfather area because we're Godfather, obviously Italian. They filmed a yeah, lot of yeah. it there. Um, and they end up in an area near the car explosion, like a recreation of it. And they got a mannequin wearing a dress. And if you look at the dress, it is the same dress that spoiler alert Jennifer Coolidge wears Where's when she end? dies. Yep. What an amazing detail. Like it's mm-hmm. great foreshadowing. Um, but the character is just as good in season two as they were in season one. I was still as in um as mesmerized and as taken with all these with the white lotus as I was just during the first season. I mean, the first season I liked that there was a bit more focus on the staff and the working person. 
and there was a much more different um they showed a diff ah, what's the word perspective on classism more or less right like we got to see these people that had to work for the rich like they're their maids, their service people. But in the second season, there's less of a focus on those people. Like the hotel manager, Valentino, there's not much of a focus on her, but there is more focus on the sex aspect of, of the rich and in our lives. So we get the prostitutes um, who definitely make up one of the best storylines of the season within uh, getting involved with Albie, especially after the one prostitute fucked the dad and then goes yeah. after the kid to, to use him to get money from him because she knows she got fucked over from the dad. Like, great story. Um, Tanya and Tanya and her assistant. Another great storyline, especially when we get the line, these gays, they're trying to murder me. <laughs> she ends up on a boat full of gay then, people that she's then, now figured out then, are going to murder her. And then the captain of the ship is like, I'm gay too. Or something like, that. <laughs> like to answer her it's back. So he's good. like, yeah, so I'm funny. gay. He's like, yeah, I'm gay. And she's like, oh, God. <laughs> It's so um, fucking funny, well, uh, dude. I want I wanted to say some things uh in how like you were comparing it to season 1 and or just kind of trying to like relate to it, right? And uh, how in season 1 they followed more of the staff and the guests, right? Yeah. It was more um, about the classism aspect of the show. Whereas the yeah. second season they abandoned I don't I don't feel like that was as important as uh in the second season as it was in yeah. the first. Yeah. So I found in the in the second season um, it was about the guests still, but I think instead of going for the staff, um, they more went for uh, the locals because it was mm -hmm. definitely local focused, although it was just, you know, Luciana and, and Mia that we were kind of following around. Um, I thought uh, I thought it was just like that was where the the differences were like they kind of just went a different route because I guess like the locals in a town like in Sicily would be more interesting because they did have a bit of that localness in the first season with the with that one kid yeah uh, the that kid the that uh, helps was, uh, yep yeah that helps this this to steal the jewelry or whatever and he's doing it because he's trying to help uh he's trying to help them uh save up money to like sue the hotel or something like that uh so they can get the land back for his people um Yeah. Oh, what's um, going on? Sorry. No, I just, I lost my train of thought there. <laughs> oh, no worries. Uh, I, heard, I saw it get quiet and I was like, oh, what's going on? Dead air here. No, no worries. Um, I I liked a lot of the characters that they brought in. Like, obviously the family, I liked them, but the couples, um, Daphne, Will, Harper, and I'm forgetting, uh, Cameron, that was the last guy's name. Like mm -hmm. that dynamic that those four had where it was like they were both, by the end of the show, they were the they were the same, mm -hmm. like they had become the same thing. Uh, Harper and Ethan had become. They didn't really like those people. Harper didn't like those people, and yet, by the end of the show, they became just like them. And they're yeah. even sitting opposite. They're two sides of the same coin. They yeah. end up becoming. Yeah, Aubrey um, was brilliant in that show. Uh, oh my god! Yes, she killed it. You know who else? Unsung hero. Uh, I think the the uh, the, the wife Megan Fahey. She yes. Was yes. Un, she was like. A scene stealer for me and yep. she was amazing because like every time she said something it was so important to what was going on and not uh, in 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 harper and ethan's relationship not just her relationship kind of like yes it gives us a better understanding of her relationship but it kind of helps us understand like 
their whole relationship as well. Like all, all four, all four of them, you know, mm-hmm. I completely agree. Um, we did. I think they were the ones we ended up spending the most time with in the second season, like their storyline. But I mean, for good reason, there was always something going on with them. Either it'd yeah. be the gaslighting from Ethan or the gaslighting from Harper, because she ends yeah. up giving him a taste of his own medicine by the end. Yeah. I'm like, yo, you didn't like it when I, yeah, I didn't like it when you did it to me. You're not going to fucking like it when I do it to you, bitch. And yeah. it's, it's amazing. Really yeah. well done. Um, like, like I said, I missed the classism aspect as much, but you bring up a good point with the, with seeing the locals and much more of the land as opposed to the first season where yeah. it felt like we were definitely a lot, we were Just locked kind of into that resort short. the whole time. Yeah. But I think it's because, so I saw an interesting, um, I saw a TikTok not long after season two ended. And this girl was saying that um, because Mike White has stated he's going to do seven seasons of the White Lotus. Oh. And and she said, she's like, since he's going to do seven seasons, he's like, it seems as though he's going to be doing uh, his version of the seven deadly sins. And <laughs> clearly the first season was greed. Yep. And then the second season was lust, obviously. Yep. So um, now you got five other ones. Yeah, gluttony were... still out there. Sloth is still out there. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I guess we'll see. How, like, I mean, that that's just predicting the future of what this series could be. But I mean, clearly, this season was fully about. Um, about it was all lust, about the sex lust. lives of these people. Yeah. yeah, and 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 not only just sex lives. How we use it, sex it was... as a form of power, and how we put yeah, how we, how a, we get power tra- over people with that. Yeah, as a, yeah. as a, or or as a form of a transaction, as a form of yes. payment, if you will. You know, yep. because Mia, the singer Italian girl, she was using sex to just try and become a singer because that's what she wants to do. Right. So she mm-hmm. thinks she has to sleep with the pianist guy, you know, in order to, you know, maybe sing with him. And then, you know, she's like, oh, wait, uh, I don't know. I, I can tr- I can just sleep with uh, the, the lesbian, the lesbian manager and get the job. And then she does get the job. <laughs> and the with loop- the with the. um. Christopher from the Sopranos' family, you get three generations of misogyny. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's funny and how they look at sex and yeah, and how kind of use women. Yeah, and how Alby uh, doesn't want to be his father, but then he ends up be, he just ends up becoming his his grandfather anyway. He, he becomes mm-hmm. them anyway. They all end the up end. looking at the girl at the end. Yeah, the, all three of them stare at that yeah. woman's ass as it passes by. So it's like they're all the same. Yeah, they are all the same. No matter how much education you have. Uh, as annoying Albie was, um, <laughs> um, and then even, uh, and then even, oh my God, what's her name? The assistant, who's just Portia, a, yeah, adorable. Um, yeah. Oh, I can't believe she got with Jack. I hated that. I wanted her to be with Albie. Dude, dude, I hated that. I hated that. I mean, obviously, you want her to be with Albie, but then, like, honestly, I was just being like, like when when Albie was like, you know, trying to talk to her, I was just being, oh my God, I'm like, Albie's such a little simp bitch man I fucking, <laughs> I fucking hate this guy i'm like grow a fucking pair of balls you know and but it's funny because like when she goes um w- with jack dude that dude is a really good actor when he when he when she asked him who he really was or what's really going on and his instant turn from like being like yeah we're gonna get drunk and, and then he just goes into like deadly serious like you don't understand. He's like, these people will kill you. And I was just like, what the Mm -hmm. fuck? I'm like, I think like, I think he was actually supposed to kill her. I don't think he was supposed to take her to the airport. Yeah. Oh, I think so too. I think that's what was supposed to happen. Because she's a witness. Yep. She's the only person. 
yeah, she's the only person who knows what happened to Tanya and would and it would fuck over Greg in him trying to get uh the life insurance policy on her or mm-hmm. whatever, right? And um yeah, so I'm actually wondering in the next season we'll actually see Greg on his own. Okay, that's my theory. I'm so glad you brought this up because I actually want to see Greg come back for season three because I think we need to get him. I think he needs to get some comeuppance. Yeah, he does. He will get his comeuppance because not only did his well, his wife's dead and his lover lover is dead. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved that whole thing because you know we're led to believe it in the beginning and like when the when the when the I forget what the I know the guy's name Tom. I think it's Tom Tom Hopper. Tom Hollander. Yep. Tom Hollander. That's it. From Pirates guy, of the Caribbean and dude, various other that, things, but dude, that guy was unreal in this role. He was so good. Like he wasn't in a lot of episodes, but man, when he was on, this guy was on. Man, he was great. Yep. No, he was um, great. I really liked him a lot. And at first, I thought he was kind of a like a bullshitter because I'm like, yo, this guy's just, this guy's just like when he talks about his love affair with the cowboy in Montana and how their love can't be. I was like, yo, this guy's just fucking reiterating Brokeback Mountain. I'm like, yo, this guy's full of shit right i just thought he was full of shit and then you see the picture in his bedroom and i'm like oh shit and the fucking cowboy was greg yeah i'm like this was real i'm like this guy wasn't just talking about i thought he was just reiterating brokeback mountain to kind of just like kind of just to try to relate to her or just Mm -hmm. kind of feed her some bullshit and then you realize that there's actually more to this there's way more to the story than we thought it was one of the only truthful things he ever said to her yeah exactly yeah it was it was it was great yeah it's um, a phenomenal show, and I, re- I highly recommend anyone check it out. It's on HBO or Crave in Canada. Um, please watch The White Lotus. It's so good. But we got to move on because we, we, yeah. could, we could probably oh, yeah, talk yeah. forever ad nauseum yeah, yeah, about The White true. Lotus. What that's we'll true. have to do when season three comes out later this year is do a we'll week-by-week like yeah, recap down. show. I'm down, man. Because I did that with Obi-Wan Kenobi this year, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. So White Lotus season three, we'll do that. Sounds good. All right, so number two, my man. My number two is, I don't know. I don't know if you'll have this one on. I don't know if you'll, I don't know if you liked it probably as much as me, but I have number two as Andor. Okay. Okay. My number two was Andor. Um, I think poss- possibly my favorite thing that's come out of Star Wars since the last jedi yes hands down um probably one of the most brilliantly written shows um i think it kind of falls apart in the last episode but i think the i think every every episode before the last episode just hit so hard for me it it was just it was just a brilliant show just how how grounded they make they made star wars this is the Star Wars I've been wanting to see forever, man. Mm-hmm. I've been wanting a really grounded story, and and they really told it, and, and I couldn't, and, and the way they told it, and how they told it through multiple different storylines, and how I loved every single storyline as much as as much as an annoying prick um, that one <laughs> dude was. Oh my God, what's his name? Key. Key um, uh, I know the one you're Kiro, talking about. Kiro, Kiro, Kiro. I think it was Kiro or Miro. Kiro? Oh, it's um. Oh my god! You I'm know pulling it up guy. here. I know the guy you're talking about. I know the guy you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. It's the the. Uh, Cyril. Cyril, yeah, Cyril. Cyril that's it. Yeah. Yeah, Cyril. Uh, 
as annoying as he was, his his storyline and and to and, and where it brought him to uh towards the end was just great. Yeah, C- Karn, Karn, that's his name. Cyril Karn. Um but yeah, where where we went with him was just phenomenal, you know, like towards the end and like and just kind of like how you I just really enjoyed how they brought him and they brought uh Deidre Miro uh kind of to the forefront of what the empire represents and and you know like for a while there with Miro I was rooting for Miro to throw one up on her on her other empire coworker you know like there was that whole episode where like she's trying to do something and this guy's kind of just walling her and then she kind of gets one up on him and and is like haha take that you know I got you and I was like, yes, Miro. And then I realized I'm rooting for the Empire right now. I'm like, <laughs> how, do, how did this show do this? How did a show have me start rooting for someone that's in the Empire who's a complete fascist who I despise? Yes. But I end up rooting for them because, because the, the, they just did a, a – it was just brilliant how they did it. I couldn't believe how I was just rooting for that person. Stellan Skarsgård just killing it as, uh, as Luthen. Um, yep. Just a, a scene stealer. I loved how he would be brooding and dead serious to flamboyant and 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 fantastic as a as a as a seller of arch- architectural goods in Coruscant. Um, I thought he was great. That one action scene he has in the ship was the most boss thing I've seen since since the Rogue One. Uh, the end of rogue one where there's just that huge battle on the ground and in space mm-hmm. like his his little sequence in the ship was probably the coolest shit i've ever seen and i want that ship if i were ever to fly to space um <laughs> yeah i just love the show i thought cassian was great you know we we got to see more of him how he how he was saved i'm wondering i'm wondering if there's more to the story in the second season like i'm wondering if we know kind of what happens to his sister more Mm-hmm. They, I feel like that kind of got that was the, that's what back. started everything was yeah, him searching that, for his sister yeah like that kind of got thrown back on the back burner and he's kind of forgot about it but I think the reason he forgot about it was because I think his mother told him to let it go uh not long I think in the second episode or something like that mm-hmm. yeah and that's what kind of I loved how each I loved how I loved the, the, the arc of the three I like how all th- like every three episodes was its own little trilogy and its own in yep. its own little contained story it was it was awesome it was like i was like oh my god what's gonna happen in this story now you know like each week i was like oh my god i was just anticipating each and just how they shot it and just yeah it was it was it was, it was the best star wars i've seen by far it really was i so i i have a one buddy of mine hates rogue one um actually we know the same we know the same person jack from school he fucking hates rogue one i don't understand that because i think rogue one's amazing um jack oh jack critchley yeah believe i still talk to him once in a while oh really (laughs) well i i I follow him on twitter he sometimes posts some good takes and i just go i gotta i gotta gotta respect it but the one take he posts a lot on twitter is how much he hates rogue one and i i always look at it and i go you're a fucking moron Fuck um, you, dude. Dude, I watched Rogue One again, and you know what was fucking so cool about this show was that they brought someone from Rogue One on the show in that whole prison thing. It was uh, yes, the dude he escaped with, and he. You know what? I wa- after watching the show, I watched Rogue One again, 
And I was like, oh my God, that's the guy. And I'm like, I wonder if we're going to meet all these guys that are mm-hmm. at the end of this movie going with him on this mission. I wonder if we're going to meet them all in I this was, next season. Yeah, I was fully expecting them to bring K2SO into it. I, I just was thinking, oh, you know, by the end, we're going to get Alan they, Tudyk joining it. And then he I never showed up. Of, he didn't, but they kind of did bring him in. Like we get introduced to the fact that these bots are around mm-hmm. and they're, you know, and they're like more militaristic, right? Like they're like, so I'm just thinking grab, they're just grabbing people. Second season, we're definitely going to get K2S. So I feel like he needs to show yeah. up. Um, yeah, because the second season is supposed to end with them, end with him. It's supposed to end. It's supposed to end with the beginning of Rogue One, which is him killing the stormtroopers in the, um, yeah, him and the him Blade Runner esque city. Yeah, and the spy guy. It's like him going to that planet to go kill that guy, essentially. Mm-hmm. Probably by Luthen's orders, I imagine, if Luthen is still alive by then. I hope so. He is such a... That is one thing that I noticed in Andor and um, in Dune as well. Um, watching Stellan Skarsgård in, in that movie and this show made me realize just how underutilized he was in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like, how did the fuck... Did, they, yeah. did we not get... He it never should have been Eric Selvig. He never should have been that character. He should have been somebody else, somebody that would that was given, excuse me, more meat to work with, more yeah. more something to, to dig into. Because like the performances he gives, especially in Andor, is so good. And his mm-hmm. character arc of being this good guy that needed to go down to the Empire's levels to be able to beat fascism, he needed to act like a total asshole. He needed to completely ditch this this the good side of him just so that he could promise a better future for everyone else. Yeah. Agreed. Like it's beautiful. I mean, that's all I'm going to say about Andor, but yeah, we yeah. can go on to your two. Number two, I, I'm wondering because I don't know your number one yet, so I'm wondering if my two is your one, because I know yeah. my one might not be your one, but okay, my number two is The Bear. Ah, okay. Which you can oh. watch on Disney+. Plus. Yep. And it is so good. It's the only new show I had on my top five. Um, all the other ones were having a new or just shows that had a new season come out but the bear was so good i watched it all in one night that's how good it was like as soon as all the episodes were out on disney plus i sat down and i watched it and i didn't want to stop it was oh, so no. good cousin are you telling me that you don't like the bear cousin <laughs> listen i love the bear i loved the bear listen the bear is amazing i really liked the bear i just did not enjoy the very last episode and it, it, I, I just didn't enjoy how it ended everything and how all their problems were solved right uh, they all got with, the, they got the money at I the thought, end in the tomato dude, sauce thought, cans what the ugh, fuck? i thought that was the lamest shit because it i, I thought it really encapsulates the stress you the stress you go you are under mm-hmm. in a restaurant especially like when the sous chef gets that system and then all these orders are coming up and then they don't have enough food for all these orders and they don't have enough time to fucking prep all the food or get all the food out the door. And I was like, I've been in, I've been there. I've been that, I've Mm -hmm. been in, I've been in their position and I know exactly what that's like. And I know exactly how that feels. And And it's, and it feels like the world is crashing down on you. And, and all you can do is keep trying to lift it up. Like you can't, you, you can't, uh, you can't escape. Like you have to Mm -hmm. lift it up. And there is an end, like you will get to the end, but it just takes a long time to get there, or it feels like a long time to get there. And meanwhile, it's just 
you closing. That's the end. Yep. See, I was thinking in my mind that this would be your number one because of that, because of the, the lived-in experience that you have. And I was thinking, oh, there's no way Chris didn't love the bear. I was like, no, the guy definitely loved the bear. <laughs> no, I love the bear, and I wanted to put it on my list, but I just, I just, uh, the ending, man, it just, it ruined it for me with the tomato sauce. It ruined it. I was. It like, was a cheap. It was a cheap it was, out. It was a, a Deus Ex Machina. It gave them an easy out and. That, I agree. It was something that I didn't feel me. fulfilled. I didn't feel fulfilled yeah. with that, but I still no. the over. But I liked it. Yeah. Oh, Overall, dude. I loved it. Every how episode they was were great. able to perfectly and yeah, how they were able to perfectly encapsulate that that um that energy. How yeah. everyone felt real. Like no one felt yeah. like a character. These felt like real people. I was getting to watch their lives, like a documentary. Yeah, yeah. and and it was also, so well done. Like even, anxiety inducing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and even and even how they bring in the 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 sous chef as like as as the audience surrogate, right? Even though she knows mm-hmm. what she's doing, she comes into it and they all treat her like like it's her first day in a kitchen, you know? Yep. And that's exactly what it's like when you go into a kitchen. They like they don't know who you are, so they just expect that this is your first day ever working, you know? And yep. It's like and people just underestimate you all the time and they just bring you down a level. And that's exactly kind of what this like show did and 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 she was yeah i thought i thought she was i thought she was more of a standout um than jeremy allen white although jeremy allen white was fantastic oh, no. both He's of them over, were amazing was, everyone in that show great. stood out man everyone he was great I oh i know but i think i liked the sous chef more i don't remember yeah. her name but she really stood out to me and yeah. i'm like yo this is someone like to watch and possibly like put in something big because she was phenomenal in that show. She, I'm glad you brought her up because I was going to bring her up. I said earlier in the episode that there was a person associated with another show when I was talking about what we do in the shadows because they wrote, she wrote the private school episode for what we do in the shadows. The best episode that season, she wrote it and she got a Wait, WGA really? nomination for it. Like the, the girl played Sydney? The girl that played Sydney is also a really? writer. So really? she writes a bunch of stuff and she wrote the episode in what we do in the shadows, my favorite wow. episode of the season. And uh, I was blown away because I looked at her IMDb and I saw her, I saw the writing credit there. And then she tweeted out, um, I don't know if it was her that tweeted it out, but somebody from the writing crew on that show tweeted out, oh, look at us, private school. And her name popped up. And I was like, no fucking way. She got a fucking WGA nom for that as well. That's, That's amazing. Crazy. Yeah, and she's a comedy writer. She's a comedian. That's she wild. did the best episode of What We Do in the Shadows. And then she was involved in one of the no, was involved in the best new show of the year, which was The Bear. And well, it she was... wrote Dickinson as well. She wrote that new Emily Dickinson show. And yeah. she writes for I, Big Mouth. Wow. I never checked out Dickinson. Oh, the Big Mouth, I couldn't get into that. It's not for me. Um, but anyways, back to this show, like the the it's like they it's like the creators of this show watched Uncut Gems and was like, let's make Uncut Gems, but for the restaurant world. And yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. done really well. Uh, I liked the character Marcus, played by Lionel Boyce. Because I worked in a bakery for a while, and he's the bakery guy in that show. And yeah, he's he's really good in it. I was able to relate a lot to his character. Yeah, all the side characters are just uh, are just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, moving on because the bear is amazing. Watch it on Disney Plus. Let's do number one here. Um, we're gonna right. do part wonder, three, man. If, this is how long if, we've gone on all these. <laughs> I wonder if we both have the same number one. I'm curious. I am curious. You know what I've noticed with your list? I've been paying attention. Most of your list has been HBO. Tell me one thing. Is your number one HBO? No. No, my number one's HBO. So it's not the same. <laughs> really? Okay. No, it's not. So I'm actually okay. Tell me yours. Severance. Barry for me. Barry? Oh yeah. I mean Barry. 
Barry's phenomenal. I kind of went for more. Uh, I went for more new stuff. That mm-hmm. yeah, I went for more new stuff, like first season stuff. Yeah, yeah I, I noticed that a lot of yours is just season one or industry. So it was season two, but yeah, it's... have you have you watched Severance? That was the one show I didn't watch last year. I okay, never okay. watched okay, it. Okay, okay. When you watch it, we need to talk about it. Okay. And I'm, and I'm down to do. I'm down to do a pod for it. Um, I'm not going to ruin too much of it for you. I'm going to be real quick with it. Yeah, do, um, like what I did with Better Call Saul. You know, not yeah. too many details, but please it, tell me what you loved about it. It's, 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 uh, it's surprising. It's, um, really well thought out. It's very well directed. It's incredibly mm-hmm. acted through every single character. John Turturro, uh, just. Uh, honestly, I'm surprised there hasn't been more award talk for John Turturro's performance because he is incredible in the show. The best thing about the show, I think the reason it may be not be getting as much award talk is because there's still so much mystery in the show. There is a lot of mystery left to be solved, which requires another season. Um, but, you know, like, um, it's an incredible show. Ben Stiller directs it, uh, and he kills it. It's... Adam Scott is incredible. Um, yeah, man, it's just it's just a really it's a really deep show, and it makes you really think of how we, how we all live in this world, and and we're all just cogs in the machine. But what if one day you want to literally be a, an actual cog in the machine, mm-hmm. but become unaware of it? And it makes you really think about. Mm-hmm. How how you like about your job and what you do every day, and is it worth it at the end? You know, it's it's yeah. it's it's um yeah, it's pretty it's a trippy show. It's really know, good I, though. I've heard nothing but good things about that show. Um, I some coworkers of mine have I've watched it and they've told me to watch it. Um, the I've opening... heard from almost everyone I need to watch this show and I still keep putting it off because I I don't know it's one of those shows, man. Title sequence is dope as shit, man. Oh. Honestly, Apple TV Plus. They are fucking killing it with the shows. Oh, yeah. They have incredible shows. Have you watched? I watched. Um, my girlfriend was watching Mythic Quest. Um, Mythic Quest is amazing. Dude, I haven't I watched, watched the new season, though. But I haven't either, but I watched this one episode, and it has nothing to do with any of the characters on the show. It's like these new characters, and it's uh, Jake Johnson. Yes. In it, and and, um, and Kristen Milioti from that Harm at Your Mother show, where she yep. played the mother she's in it and oh my god dude incredible a great that, episode has nothing doesn't really have much to do I, well actually i didn't even know because that's the only episode i watched and i just couldn't take my eyes off of it and i just kept watching the whole thing and it's like really tragic and sad but very beautiful it's a great episode mm-hmm. uh yeah episode five of season one dark quiet death i yep, yeah that's the that's the episode that takes that show onto another level like yeah. you watch the first four, it's entertaining, workplace comedy, and then episode five hits you with, guess what this show really is? Yeah. And from then on, the show, like I felt like the quality never wavered. It's been stellar yeah, it, it, ever it since. It evolved. It evolved, and I was, um, I was surprised, really, especially by like Rob McElhenney. I mean, another show mm-hmm. that's really good is that Welcome to Wrexham show he did with Ryan Reynolds. That one's really good too. Never checked Very, that out, um, but I, I, a- I definitely have to. Yeah, it's good. But oh, anyways, I don't yeah. even I don't know if this was a 2022 season, but the it's, new season of uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia was really good. I don't know if that was 2022 though. 
that that came um, out on. Yeah, it did. Yeah, they come out every year. Oh, okay, then I should also add that to my honorable mentions because I thought that was an amazing uh, the Irish storyline when they go to Ireland. Yeah, yeah that yeah. storyline is really nice. Yeah, but I only watched here nor there. I only watched the first two episodes where they go to Ireland. I haven't finished it yet. I love the character break from Mac in the background in the first episode when they get there, and Dennis is driving, and then he honks the horn. Get fucked and you just see <laughs> rob break character and laugh in the back seat it's yeah, great yeah. Get fucked. dennis is my spirit animal which is terrible yeah. to say because he's a monster yeah <laughs> barry season three right barry That's season three was the best season of television i watched this year I, I was gonna put the bear at number one and then i just thought to myself no barry season three was like what barry king bad was at its peak must watch yeah. television yeah best show on tv like um don't give too much away. I haven't finished it yet. Oh, okay. Yeah. Or actually, but I don't remember. It doesn't end with him getting arrested, right? Season three. Yeah. Or is that? It ends it with ends? him. It ends with him getting arrested. Yes. Okay, so I did watch it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Never mind. Okay, so we can talk about it. So okay. best performance yeah. of the year is Henry Winkler as jo- yeah. uh, George Cousineau. Dude. Best performance. Dude. It was easy. Um, it was heartbreaking watching him go through all that through that whole season. He was oh so God. good. He was so good. Yeah, he was like he was. he was like he was like Colin Farrell in Banshees of Inishir and like puppy dog eyes. You just you just want to hug the guy and tell him, I hope everything's okay. I hope everything's gonna be all right. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it will, like, but I hope. It makes perfect sense for like you know you should be rooting for Henry Winkler. You should be rooting for Cousineau because he did nothing wrong. He's just trying to to like his girlfriend was murdered by Barry. Barry is a bad person. Yeah. And yet I still felt so bad for Barry when he gets arrested. And I fucking hated George for what he did. But it's Gene, not George. Oh, my God. I said George like three times. It's yeah, Gene. Gene. Gene, Gene yeah. Cousineau. 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 Yes. Gene. What his betrayal is like. I hated Gene when he did that. But at the same time, like I can't hate him. He did the no. right thing. And yeah. Barry was unhinged all season. The way he treated um, his girlfriend's. Um, yeah. Oh, fuck. Sally. Sally, yeah. The way he treated her was terrible. Yeah, and it was like the person he was like last, especially compared to last season when he she was all he wanted, you know. And then and then he finally gets her, and then he just kind of takes her for granted. Yeah, he does. I think that was such a it's it was such a timely storyline that what they what they gave him his character arc uh, and what they did with that with that relationship. Mm-hmm. He treated her like shit. He yelled at her. He basically emotionally abused her. And then with um, Fisher's character coming in. The little girl playing opposite Sally for her TV shows that she finally got to make, showing her like, no, that's fucked up what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Like he's making it all about himself and he's yelling at you at your place of work. Like, yeah, what a timely storyline. Bill Hader, like also Bill Hader's filmmaking prowess. I we talked about it. We talked about Jordan Peele, like with Nope, but Bill Hader clearly Hader, is in a Hader's next man. Hader's next. I, I can't wait to see what movies he makes when he's behind there writing, directing. Because yeah. I, what we saw with him, like the sound design in, I don't know what specific episode it was in season three, um, but it was the the one where he's driving downtown on the bike. Mm. And the sound design in the episode when he's whipping past all the cars and they're in this fight scene in the middle of a freeway. Mm-hmm. It is so good. The sound <laughs> design, the action, the cinematography in that episode, there's nothing that's like, there's nothing yeah. that's less it- than stellar. And it felt so real that that uh, that like that whole scene. It felt realistic, like it was uh, mm-hmm. like in just how like he crashed the car and then gets on this and then gets on that yep. and then like in the shooting and like and then a, you get, the guy gets t boned and shit. Like it all felt 
so real. And, and then uh, he makes it to the end of the episode, to the dinner, and gets poisoned. Yeah. Yeah, like, by the by the Christ. by the friends by his friend's wife because yep. she just found out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Steven Root's storyline too, um, just to try and betray Barry. Um, obviously that that's his name was Fuchs. Yeah, Fuchs. He yeah, yeah. he um just wanted revenge on Barry, so he wanted to take him down and, and he did it. He fucking took him down. And it was in a spectacular fashion. I cannot wait to see what season four brings us. Um, another shout out to just my one of my favorite actors on the show, Anthony Kerrigan, No Ho Hank. No um, Ho Hank. And, we had him on and, and at Sirius one time. Christabel. He was oh my god, Cristobal. <laughs> we had him on Sirius one time, and I wasn't the one doing the interview, but I told the person that was interviewing him, I was like, Oh my god, can you ask him what he loves to dip his toes into? Please, please ask him <laughs> that question. Like I was begging him. My buddy didn't do it though. But I, like, that's just a callback to season two when he's just like, yeah. when Christopher says to him, Hank, you know what we've always wanted to dip our toes into? And Hank goes, chocolate. <laughs> chocolate. It's, such, it's so good delivery. It's such a good joke. Yeah. Dude, no ho Hank, unsung hero in that show. Really is. Um, We're going to have to do a part three for anticipated Sorry. movies and uh, disappointed <laughs> movies because yeah, we, went we go TV. so long with these. Um, How long but has yes. It been? An hour and a half on this one too, man. So it's <laughs> okay, fucking okay. wild. So two hours per part one, 90 minutes for part two. We will have to reconnect and talk about the next set of movies in part three. So, uh, dude, just thank you again for coming on. Um, it was so nice talking to you. Always a pleasure with you, my friend. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.